0: what is up everybody welcome to the halftime snacks podcast this show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events every tuesday i host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry where we'll learn from their stories knowledge and experiences so go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us are you ready let's go Today's episode of the Halftime Snacks features a massive human being. The man we'll be hosting today is a sports tech researcher with over nine years of experience specializing in different areas of various athletic and recreational programs. His research is focused on the use of immersive technologies in sports marketing and he's looking to understand the role and value of AR, augmented reality, as a tool to improve the fan experience. Additionally, our guest has been a sports leadership instructor and lecture assistant for over five years. This guy will give us a complete lecture on sports technology, and I can't wait to learn from him. So without further ado, allow me to introduce Chad Gabert. What's up, Chad? How are you, man? I'm
1: doing good. How are you doing? Thanks for having
0: me. Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to host you. Let's kick it off with a fun icebreaker, man. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses
1: oh i mean easily 100 duck-sized horses birds birds are the worst people don't realize it and if they were big enough they'd all take us out and so as soon as you make one big enough it's going to take us out so for sure i don't need birds being any bigger than they are they already they already do all kinds of stuff they'll dive bomb you they'll attack <laughs> you and they're way smaller than us so think if they were that big that'd be a problem
0: no man i agree with you hundred percent it's great to have you on the on the show Going to be discussing a lot of things, specifically AR. And some of the goals of the episode is really to understand what AR is, you know, kind of like seeing it from a very basic and understandable standpoint. We want to know how it's related to sports. Uh, Also, want to learn how and why you ended up, you know, studying AR and focusing your research on that. And really also discussing the value and adoption curve of AR technology and what it means for the future of sports. So how about we kick it off with just you trying to explain to us, you know, as if we were five years old, uh, what is AR, how it works, and how, it's, how is it really related to sports?
1: Yeah, so that's always the trick. Like, what is AR? And, and the most people have, like, had an interaction with AR, and they may not even know that it's AR. But... The way I talk about it is it's an interactive and immersive experience that brings, like it utilizes digitally created elements. So something, some sort of digitally created graphic, but it brings it into the real world environment. So virtual reality, you're going to put on a headset and you're going to go into a completely digitally created world. That whole world that you're experiencing is not real. You're in a digitally created world. Whereas augmented reality, it could be experienced through a headset, but mostly we experience it through our phones or some other type of medium like that. And it's just bringing digital elements into the real world. Most people will automatically say like Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. That's a good That's a good example. The, the Pokemon are the digitally created elements, but you would search in the real world for them. Honestly, if you look up augmented reality on Google right now, I think the thumbnail that they use is a picture of Pokemon Go. So uh, no, no reason to... to Uh, reinvent the wheel it seems like a good enough illustration but yeah just bringing those digital elements into the real world how it's related to sport um, I think by nature fans uh, fans of sport want to feel involved they want to feel like they're part of what's going on they want to feel close to the action that's why you know seats that are closer down to the field cost more than seats that are higher up and those kind of things because it's, it's more of an involvement right and so AR um, can work in sport by being immersive. It's supposed to be an immersive technology by nature. It means a a technology that you get really involved with, almost kind of forget you're involved with it. You're so into it. And so allowing people to have experiences through AR brings them closer to the teams or the athletes or the sports they love by being immersive or by bringing those kind of elements into their real world through digitally created elements.
0: And what, inspired you to focus your research on immersive technologies in sports and particularly in augmented reality?
1: I was an athletic director uh, for a while and um, we had a football team and we had an issue occur in our football team where we had a four-year starter graduate um, and we had a player who was gonna come in and had not had any repetitions, had not had any practice. And so one of the things we were like, how do we get them up to speed? Um, without taking you know, 22 bodies out to the football field because you need 11 on offense and 11 on defense and those kind of things, and without taking those kind of hits because football's a rough game. And so how do we get that person up to speed? And I was introduced um, to the CEO of a company. that He's no longer the CEO there. He's moved on to another company, but he was the CEO of a company called Eon Sports VR, virtual reality. And what they did is they did sports training through virtual reality. And so we had a football program where our high school linebackers and our quarterbacks could get reps in a VR program. They would just put on a VR headset in the office and we'd be able to run them through multiple plays. They would see reads, they would see the defense, they would see the offense, they would see where they would go with things. And it was really a great experience. And we were able to get them dozens of reps in a very short amount of time that would just take a lot longer and be a lot more physically uh, demanding if we didn't have that. And so I was really into that. And so, in speaking with the CEO of EOS Sports, his name is Brendan Riley. Um, he's like, "Yeah, it's really good for virtual reality. is really good for training, but I think the best thing for marketing and for product interactions is augmented reality." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna check into this." And so I checked into it. Um, it was something I was really interested in. And then when I then um, you know, when I started my research journey, I had some great people around me who encouraged me to pursue this, even though. AR in sports, there's not a ton of research that's been done. It's being used a lot, but it's not been researched a lot. Um, And so I had some great people who encouraged me to to research it. And so that's kind of how I got to AR. I still really love VR too. That's why I kind of throw it in there. Immersive technologies, that umbrella covers both of those things. So I like both of them, but my focus really is augmented reality, but that's kind of how I got where I am.
0: And when, when was this?
1: So we did the VR, we did the VR football thing probably six or seven years ago. We actually were in Tampa, Florida, and we used the same program to train our quarterbacks that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers used to train their quarterbacks, but we used it like three months before they did. So we we said as a high school program, we were three months ahead of the NFL. Uh, and so we we started that about six or seven years ago. And then my research has really been the last four years, um, mostly the last three years in particular, my research into AR. Um, So that's kind of where we are now.
0: Super interesting to see how it's one technology that is very, very recent. I'd say it's one of the most recent technologies that has been taking over sports. It has been taking over so fast. Uh, One of the things, examples that I can use uh, from top of mind uh is the experience that they created with Nickelodeon on NFL i don't know if you if you watched how like out of a sudden colors and slime was just popping popping over all over the screen and this the, the like the field it was so fun to watch and this is something super new I mean we're gonna we're gonna be discussing a little bit more about adoption and how how long is it going to take to really see it everywhere uh at all times you know a little bit uh later in the interview but I wanna know if there's any specific like pain that you think AR augmented reality is really addressing in the world of marketing, not really in sports. In sports you mentioned a little bit is like that pain of being like having the need of being involved and being, you know, as engaged as possible. But what about in marketing? How how exactly is AR addressing a pain if there's any pain? Just just wondering in, in the world of marketing.
1: Yeah, this is that's actually a really good and a really timely question, um, especially coming off or hopefully coming off what's been going on with the pandemic and, and being able to be less involved in things. So Forbes uh, magazine actually had an article where they talked to one of their Forbes—they call them Forbes agency panels—they're experts in marketing um, because they work in these companies, and they actually covered this topic a little bit. And this was just this year. Um, some of the things off the top of my head: um, social shopping experiences. Um, So maybe we're going to stores less than we used to. And definitely uh, a year ago or so, we started going to stores a lot less just because of of restrictions and things like that. But social shopping experiences have been really picked up by companies like Snapchat and Instagram, where they have shoppable filters uh, and engagements. So AR engagements and shoppable filters, including like virtual try-ons or in-room demos. Ikea has one where you can try their furniture in your room. You can scan your room surface and you pick a piece of furniture, they'll place it in there. And so these these um, social shopping experiences, I think um, that the pain point is like people aren't getting out and shopping as much and seeing things as much. And honestly, one of the biggest things with with um, consumers is being able to try things on and experience things. And so with Snapchat, Instagram, all these other things, they, people can try on a watch in in augmented reality. You can scan your wrist, you can see what it looks like. Sunglasses, clothes, things like that. So. I think social shopping experiences are, are a huge thing. Um, virtual engagements, um, being able to interact with people or things in places where we can no longer interact with people and things. So, like uh, the Dallas Cowboys did one called Pose with the Pros, where you could stand in front of a, what they call it a magic mirror, which is basically a mirror where augmented reality people come in and you could take a selfie with these players. And there's also a bunch of hologram technology that probably in the next four or five years is going to allow. Um, I mean, there's already people doing um, things like at Apple events via hologram, but I think those things are going to pick up. And then um, hybrid experiences are a big thing I think it can help out with. And so if it's not in sport, so in sport, we talk about that in the stadium, but hybrid experiences in stores or at concerts or at events where maybe augmented reality is not the main event but it it adds on information of what's going on. So you're at a concert and you need directions to something you can pull up a wayfinding app that can show you in augmented reality where you're going or you're shopping and you want to find out more about a a particular uh, thing that you're shopping for. You can scan it and it will show you in your area what what that looks like. So maybe those hybrid experiences and then another huge one I think that'll help out is we're trying to get people into venues more and into places more and travel is coming back. And so location-based AR Um, can move people around points of interest. You can actually make AR activations that are attached to a certain location, geofence to a certain location, or to a certain business. That's usually how it works. It's at a business, and you have to go to that business to scan it and interact with it, and then maybe they'll give you a discount to access that business and things like that. So maybe moving people around locations. But those are are the ones off the top of my head, I think, that are really going to be, especially considering where we are now, uh, valuable for companies maybe that aren't sport-focused uh, to use.
0: Super exciting uh, to hear all the different opportunities and possibilities of this technology. I remember that I read on your one of your academic papers, the one where you uh, talked about fan perceptions of augmented reality uh, in sports marketing. I remember you mentioned how, or you discussed in the middle of the paper how Watching a a sports experience having a sports experience with like glasses wasn't really that viable eventually I think they tried it this on uh, somewhere with only the Google glasses um, and like kind of kind of like messed up or didn't really work. So Do you have any take on if this is going to be something that will take over? eventually in a hundred a hundred percent in one way or do you think it's just going to be complementary to the experiences that we have, whether that's on stadium or, you know, as you mentioned, with products and, and see how, how they fit on me or on my friends, et cetera, et cetera. Like, what are, your, what are your thoughts about where is it going to really, really get to?
1: Yeah, I think virtual reality as a technology is more meant to take over and be its own thing with wherever whatever area it's in. So if it's gaming or whatever, it's meant to be its own standalone thing. I really do think the value of augmented reality is that complementary nature is that, especially in sport. So for sport, we're never going to replace that soccer match or that football game or that basketball game. That's the core product. Like that's the core product. That's what everything is revolving around in the sport industry. And so it's it's no different for augmented reality that maybe it can enhance that core product, but I don't see it ever taking the place of that core product where that people are there just for that or people are just interacting with the AR thing. But I think it is, I think it is a really valuable piece of complementary technology that can make situations better. So I think um, sport is really popular. Sport is really valuable as far as viewing experience goes. And if something can just enhance that and make it better and maybe drive more people to it, I think that's the way it is. Um, so AR probably as a complementary piece is is the way to go.
0: I want to talk about the where we are standing in terms of the technology. Is technology already here? and can we do most of what you've you've uh, researched and found out? Can we do it already with the things that we have already? I remember this. This was also an important element in in your in your research. How you know the introduction of the smartphone and really, you know billions of people having uh, uh, iPhones on their on their on their pockets really made a difference because that's how you can really bring the experience to the user. So I want to know in terms of like the technology if you think we're there. If you don't think we're there, what what do do we still need? Where do you see it really evolving?
1: Yeah, like like you said, the number of devices that are AR capable in the hands of consumers right now are in the billions, and that's because Google has AR core in their devices, so all of their devices being built now um, over the last really four or five years have AR capabilities built into them specifically for no other reason than AR interactions. And Apple has AR Kit, which is their version. And the same thing the last four or five years, every phone or tablet they build has these things. So whether you know it or not, most likely if you're listening to this now, you have an AR capable device in your pocket or very near you. Um, and so the opportunity is there. Um, I think I, I think as companies get smarter about how they want to use it, how they want to implement it, I think that's when um, I think that's when we'll start to see a real explosion in it. Um, The Gartner hype cycle, which is a technological hype cycle for when technology should be adopted. A couple of years ago, they had AR on there and thought it was five to 10 years away from mass adoption. But since the pandemic happened, they actually took it off the hype cycle, meaning um, that it's pretty much here. Like the technology is here to use. Um, So that's always a good thing when you get off the Gartner hype cycle because it's it's an adoptable technology. So that's good. That's where we are. I think what you mentioned earlier. with the NFL broadcast where they did the playoff game on Nickelodeon with AR broadcast. That's something I'm really into researching right now is broadcast AR. And that's a thing, like you mentioned, is happening now and it's happening for specific purposes. The NFL was using it to get younger, a younger audience um, by broadcasting on Nickelodeon. It was one of their most viewed programs of the entire year and it brought in a whole different demographic that you you normally wouldn't see watching an NFL playoff game. Didn't take away from the main game they had. Uh, and then there's another company called Second Spectrum um, that was re- recently acquired by Genius Sports. And Second Spectrum has been they have a contract with the NBA, but they also have contracts with European football um, to uh, add AR graphics, broadcast AR graphics to games. They use artificial intelligence to like give different broadcast modes. And so that's something I'm really into researching right now.
0: So the technology is mostly here, but what about the learning curve of people learning how to use it in terms of adapting themselves to the technology? Where do you think we're standing in terms of that?
1: Uh, yeah, so I think the learning curve, I think it's going to be like similar to other technologies, whereas it's almost going to be generational. Um There are some people that have no use for it, which is which is fine, which is normal. Like the that broadcast with the Nickelodeon stuff with slime shooting everywhere. I guarantee you, some people looked at that and like this is stupid. I don't want this. And they turned to a different channel, which is great. It's great to have options. It's great to have be able to say, No, I don't want that in the turn. Um, and so, but I think the younger generations, uh probably the youngest two generations we have right now are. Are actually intuitively interacting with AR. Not even know it would be a face filters through Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. My my youngest daughter uh, chats with me on a phone, and she automatically like could activate and use the face filters. Like I never taught her how to do that. It's just intuitive, you know. It's built in. And I think as those things happen, um, and as they're more intuitive and built into what we do, um, I think one of the things that will help with that too is that most AR experiences can Don't require third party apps anymore. They can be built into apps. So if you're a fan of the New York Yankees, you could actually have it in the Yankees app as opposed to going outside of the Yankees app to have AR stuff. And that builds trust because you're like, I'm a fan of the Yankees. They wouldn't build an app that would give me a virus on my phone or be worthless. I'm already going to have it on there. And maybe I'll mess around with some of the AR stuff they have. Um, just while I'm there, so I think as those things are built into those kind of apps too, it helps with the adoption. So I, th- I think we're getting there. I, you know, a few years here or there, give or take, just depending on, on what uses come out.
0: I want to now uh, have a fire chat with you in terms of you know dropping here some predictions and kind of opportunities of immersive technologies, both. Uh, Outside sports in non-professional sports and meaning like amateur sports and other types of sports because I feel like we've we've been really uh, Putting most of the attention of American sports, which is great because probably they're gonna be the early adopters But what about other types of of? uh, Of of Sports and here's where I'm gonna start with one prediction. I want to hear I want to hear what you think Um, but I see the I see a marketplace evolving of ar uh and different immersive technologies marketplace where companies whether you're big or small you can go to the marketplace and offer you know a specific product or idea that you have for a specific uh audience and then a provider or an ar AR, um, technology coder or company will eventually create that for them and will put them out you know anywhere whether that's you know on, on an app or as a camera, what do you think about that? Do you see that happening, Chad?
1: Yeah, I think I think development of these things has been streamlined uh, incredibly. It used to be it would take it was, it was painstaking in development. It, it took someone with very specific skills. I'm gonna have a class that I teach uh, in the spring where they're gonna make their own AR interaction and they're gonna make it through a program called Spark AR Studio that is free and is pretty intuitive and easy to learn. So people can get those things and can have the access to those things. Um, where the opportunities are, um, my predictions for opportunities in amateur or non-professionals, uh, by the way, uh, a lot of my research or interest is in American sports, it's like what I'm here for, but I will say, uh, Sport Overseas European Sport is really doing a good job with AR stuff um like people I just saw something with a, a European soccer team did a kit unveil where you could try it on in AR and different things like that and so definitely definitely my lens is through the American landscape because I'm here um uh, but there's a lot going on I think and there's some great things um technologically going on especially in Europe uh and and they're really leading the way with a lot of that stuff but I think um, Outside of professional sport, one of the big things for amateur sport, um, even youth sport, would be AR um, for training. Uh, There are multiple apps that you can use AR for on the field training. There's one for soccer. Uh, The name slips my mind. Um, But there's a soccer training app where you can train with AR and it's about getting touches and it'll track how many touches you get like that. And then there's a basketball one called Home Court AI that will track your shooting percentages will track your shooting um, arc we will track your dribbling we will track all kinds of things. You can compete with other people across the world. So there, for sport training, for amateur sport, definitely. Um, like I said, one of my daughters uses the basketball one for to improve her basketball skills um, and then immersion and games. Um, but for outside of sport opportunities, I really think one of the things we're going to see uh, if I had to make a prediction is heads up displays uh, within cars, um, you Almost picture uh, Iron Man with his, his visor display of all the things going on, but heads-up displays are already happening. Um, Audi and Volkswagen offer optional heads-up displays that ha- pop up AR graphics. Panasonic has a heads-up display with AR graphics, so it's in your field of vision while you're driving, um, that they plan to roll out in 2024, and it's going to be in a lot of cars. And we've already seen it um, being used uh, motorcycle helmets. There's several motorcycle helmets that have um, a camera in the back and it gives you a little square in your field of vision. So you can see your rear view. So you can see who's behind you, but it also gives you some some data of how fast you're going in the heads up display. And then there's ski goggles and swimming goggles that track um, your speed and your altitude for the ski goggles and the swimming goggles track your lap and your, and your split times and things like that. And it gives you a little, heads up display in your field of vision. So I think those things are already happening and are definitely coming. Um, And then you have Snap, Amazon, and Apple who are really competing in the AR glasses category pretty heavily right now. Apple will probably be the best when it comes out. They tend to do that um, with products. They tend to do a lot of work on those, put a lot of money in those things. It's been delayed a few times. So 2023 is probably best case scenario for the Apple glasses. Maybe some people said all the way back to 2025, but those are things that will enable you to, in your um, field of vision, without being distracting, see um, AR representations of of text or social media or things like that. Um, And so those things are happening. Google Maps has an AR heads-up display where they can do wayfinding, where you can hold up your phone and they'll put like literal um, arrows on the ground in AR for you to follow along. So. I think that's where they're heading outside of sports. A lot of those things to just um, by nature, the, the definition of augment is like to augment to enhance, you know, what you're already doing and just make it make it better or in their turn, in their, in their eyes, make it better, um, give you a lot more information.
0: Do you think this is a winner takes all or most market? Do you think a company, one company will be eventually, you know, dominating the AR and immersive you know experiences? Or do you think there would be like multiple winners that will focus on different types of technologies, whether that's, you know, glasses or through their phone or through broadcast? Do you think there would be like one for each one or they... Like, cause, cause, what I'm thinking about is one could be really the provider that creates those those uh, experiences for those companies, right? It's because I don't, I don't see like I I remember I remember Lululemon created this uh, virtual glass on 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 some of their stores. I don't rem, I think it was like China. I'm not, don't really remember where. But so where you were in the store and you you just looked at the glass and you see the leggings, you know, on you. And so that was that was super interesting. But I I don't see brands doing this their own i see them using a technology that already exists or a company that or a provider or partner that already exists and then just using them for their brand so what do you think about that
1: yeah i think i think you made a uh, a couple of good observations in there in that like ar has a few different implementations so you have the ar glasses that are coming you have ar smartphone use you have broadcast ar and then you have like overlay AR, um, which is which is done basically like uh, basically by just putting an overlay of digital elements on an, on an item. I think you will have different leaders in the different parts. So like um, Apple uh, focusing on their glasses. I don't think they care that much about the broadcast AR element. I think Second Spectrum is the leader right there right now. And Second Spectrum doesn't care about the glasses part. So I think they will take their own little uh, pieces of this and split up. But when I think about it overall, like if I was to think about the AR glasses thing, I think somebody will be the best to start with and will do it the best. And by nature, we'll have a stronghold or a foothold and be the leader. But I compared a lot to how smartphone adoption happened, where um, Apple had the iPhone, the first smartphone, um, and they were the leader. And some people still think they are the leader. But, you know, there's a lot of other players in that world now. Because of what Apple did, and so they followed, you know, kind of similarly built technology, and so they got better. And so I think there'll be a, a core product that comes along that'll be the best, and then I think as it goes on, um, just by competition in the market, other products will will kind of try to keep up or try to up the ante. Um, and so we'll see who can do it. But I think you're right too about um, maybe not creating their own activations companies. I think it could be like again a comparison to the smartphone how there is the App Store. Um, and so, you know, the technology being utilized is the the smartphone itself through the App Store. So there might be a, a AR glasses being utilized, but it might have its own App Store. So you can have an, a Nike app AR through there or Lululemon like you talked about. And so maybe these companies will be able to use access that technology that exists to create their own activations there. So I, I think those are all really
0: realistic possibilities. What, what, what do you think will happen in the fitness space? you think there's any opportunity there?
1: Yeah, fitness is really interesting. So we've already seen um, we've already seen companies that do running I, I talked about swimming the where they can do tracking within the goggles, uh, but we've seen running companies that do like um, you can have classes that show an AR hologram that runs beside you and you can basically have it be your pace setter because everybody knows that like you you run better and you do better times when you are competing with somebody or you com- or you have something to chase or something to compete with. And so there's like already AR holograms have been setters for running events and fitness events. Um, even, even AR scoring, like gaming. So I've seen, um, gyms that have their treadmills hooked up and they show AR graphics of how everybody's doing in in like a virtual race in the, in the gym together. And so like you can kind of compete virtually with other people. And then there's also been, and they might get closer to like an esports type use, but there's also, um, uh cycling races where you have um you have basically a, a cycling system set up in your home there's a company called Zwift that does it and you can race people from all over the world with your avatar and they do like actual races they actually had an actual race where like money was handed out to the winner professional cyclists are starting to pick it up um so yeah I, in the fitness industry i think there's a lot of uh, a lot of use, especially it could be something as easy as like instructional because a big part of the fitness industry is instructional teaching people how to do things. And so AR is good for like demonstrating. So you could pull out like, Oh, I need to know the proper form to do a pull up and you could pull out your phone, scan it and that scan an area, and they could have someone display in the proper form and then you could kind of emulate it from there. And so, yeah, fitness industry, I think has a lot of opportunities too. It's, 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 I think we're going to see people just like we saw in the pandemic where people um, took a challenge and turned it into an opportunity. Like the fitness industry changed a lot during the pandemic by people starting to have virtual trainings like you through Zoom, right? Um, I think those opportunities present themselves here too.
0: So awesome, man. I'm very looking forward to what's going to happen. Where do you see your uh, your career going after you know finishing your research and understanding more and more about AR? Where, where do you see yourself uh, going through or doing...
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm lucky to be at a great university right now, Kennesaw State University, and I get to teach um, some incredible students and I do get to do research here. I, I really think that, that is a big part of where I want to be for a long time is in the classroom and doing research. Um, honestly, some of my best ideas come from being in the classroom and bringing up like technologies and things. And every once in a while, a student will just be like, well, what about this? Or can you use it for this? And I'm like, I never even thought about that. That's a great idea. Right. And so it helps me keep a pulse on, on a lot of what's going on because there's just so much out there you can't keep track of it or you keep track of it all. So I think I think continuing to research in this area, um, and then continuing to teach uh and try to prepare people to work in the sport industry, I think that's a big part of what I wanna
0: want on do. That's amazing, man. Well, you've been giving us a an amazing lecture on AR and immersive technologies here on the halftime snacks uh, to me and to all the listeners, man. And I can't leave the this awesome conversation without asking you maybe a more personal question, man. And that is, what is a quote that you live by, and why? Why you chose that quote, and is any specific reason why?
1: Oh, interesting. Um, I, I think I think uh, one of the big things that I always try to focus on is like there's a, there's a quote basically it says esteem others is better than yourselves. Um, and that means it's basically a servant leadership type thing. And I, I want to help others. Uh, I want to be there for others. And another thing that goes hand in hand with that is someone told me like, you never know when you encounter people and you encounter somebody you've never encountered before. You never know what people are going through in their life. You never know what happened to them on that day. And so have grace with people. Um, and and care about people and understand that maybe somebody's maybe maybe somebody's not a bad person because you think that you had a bad interaction with them maybe they had a bad day uh, and so having grace with people I think those are those are the things I really try to do and I've really been focusing on personally over the last couple of years.
0: That's amazing, Chad. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, man. And I want to thank you so much for coming to the halftime snacks, man. It was an absolute pleasure to host you and to really learn from you. From everything you've been doing and researching and learning about AR and immersive technologies, man. I'm really looking forward to listening to this episode in like 10 years and see how many things you got right. Because I'm sure it's going to be uh, most of them or, or all of them. So really looking forward to that uh, chat. And yeah, man, I appreciate you coming to the Halftime Snacks. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoy this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye bye.